You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, who has the edge who really is in line? Who is the better option for Texas A&M under center? Is it Haynes King, the redshirt freshman, or is it Zach Calzada, the redshirt sophomore? If you like this and all other SEC talk, make sure you're listening to Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy from Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams and gives you expert analysis in basketball, baseball, and of course, everything prepping up for the 2021 SEC college football season. Subscribe to the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Name right down there below if all of you are watching on Tigna. We love building up our following. And the best way to do so is by following me on Twitter or on my other social media app, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify. If you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And for more coverage, even more coverage than all you're already getting right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, make sure you check out our website, allaggies.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. All Aggies is back. I am back writing with them, and we are very excited for the start of the 2021 season. You can also catch out this podcast, this video right down there as well. So let's go ahead and start talking about this other thing that I saw earlier this week, and it was a super team. How do you build a super team? Now, according to 24-7 Sports, I think it was Chris Hummer was the guy who did this one. You build a super team by picking a certain position. Every school has the you, you know, the running back you, the wide receiver you, the quarterback you, and Texas A&M did make the list. Naturally, they should have. Now, most people probably would have said, is it defensive line? Is it cornerback? Is it safety? It's running back. It actually is running back. And I thought that was very interesting because of AM in the last couple of years has not been known as running back U. They've more so been known as QBU or they've been known as DLU. And honestly, DLU makes a ton of sense because you look at guys like, uh, you know, starting off with Von Miller, you look at Miles Garrett, you look at what DeMarco Leal is doing, you have still Michael Clemens, and you have other players such as. You know, a Tyree Johnson, guys who are still coming up like Badil Diggs and Danelle Harris. It would make sense that that would be DLU. But instead, Hummer went with the likes of running back. And he actually broke down with a pretty good analogy. There's a lot of great running back rooms across college football, yet I'd submit no group combined star power with down-to-down versatility better than the Aggies. Isaiah Spiller is a bell cow. He rushed for an average of 103.6 yards per game last year and averaged 5.5 yards per carry on the ground while scoring nine touchdowns. He was elusive too forcing 44 missed tackles, 10th nationally, according to Pro Football Focus College. He'll be the Aggies' future back. But sophomore's Devon A-Chain is the ultimate change of pace threat behind Spiller, and a dynamic all-purpose threat with a sub-11 100-meter dash. A-Chain rushed for 364 yards and four touchdowns last year and averaged 8.5 yards per carry. He also averaged 19.4 yards per catch, showing that he was versatile enough to be one of the SEC's top overall playmakers during his late seasons. The Aggies also added depth with a top 50 prospect in LJ Johnson. The number three running back in the 2021 top 24-7 is on campus now and ready to contribute. 
Here was the kicker. Don't forget about Anaya Smith. While he really is more of a receiver at this point, Texas A&M lists him as a running back. Call him what you want. I'm going to go with just weapon. Smith is one of the nation's most dynamic multi-purpose threats after running for six yards per carry last year while catching 43 passes for 564 yards. I actually find that very interesting because personally, I don't know who else has said this, but you, the listeners, 100% know this. I have said for the last five, six months now that no doubt in my mind, the guy who is going to be a Kadarius Tony type player I've said it everywhere, is Anaya Smith. Because of what he does, it's just he's a weapon. You can use him on jet sweeps. You can use him on counter plays. You can use him on options. But you don't want to take him out of the game because of his hands are so versatile and they're so influential to the team's success. You can't get rid of them. So I get that whole addition. And I love the addition of being able to have a guy like an LJ Johnson as that third down runner. So you add all four together, they're in a really good spot. And I thought that was interesting because if you look at some of the other teams that he included on this list, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, South Carolina, Iowa State, what's funny is all of them have a really good lead back. When you look at Oklahoma, they have Candy Brooks coming back, and he was a two-time 1,000-yard uh, rusher. That is 100% going to be really big for them. You also have Eric Gray as the team's backup, who has done a good job. Nothing terrible, but he wasn't an elite player for Tennessee. Maybe he will be as the change of pace player for the likes of the Sooners. You look at Texas, B. John Robinson, a really stout, sound major running back. And after everything that we've talked about and everything that we've seen, he is going to be a star on the rise after a really good stretch towards the end of the season. And they also have a good change of pace back in Roshan Johnson. Johnson of the running back that Texas A&M had, the best possible answer he would be would actually be a Anaya Smith. Because if you can use him in a lot of ways, you can actually play him a quarterback if you want to for a Wildcat set. And you could trust that he could throw the ball because of when he was coming out of high school, Texas recruited him as a quarterback. They actually thought that he was going to be good enough to be a quarterback. But you also had South Carolina. I think Kevin Harris, everyone knows what Kevin Harris did last year, the absolute stud running back for the Gamecocks. And honestly, the only good offensive weapon that they had besides maybe Shea Smith. And Shea Smith was limited because of Colin Hill couldn't pass the ball or to save his life. So we know that he is going to be back, but they have no depth behind him. And then you look at Iowa State. Brees Hall was the FBS leading rusher. He was great. I'm high on Brees Hall. You know, everyone knows this. I, I cover college football in general. I focus in on Texas states. But one of the states I have to focus in on is Iowa State. And in Ames, there's an argument to be made that he could be the best running back in college football once again behind that offensive line. But you look at the team as a whole, and this is building a super team. So when you break it down, you have to take everything into consideration. You have to take all the quarterbacks on the roster. You have to take all the teams. So, you know, when you look at Miami, uh, a quarterback, you know, Chris Hummer mentioned him. Derek King is a great starter, but what do you have behind him? Same thing at North Carolina. You may have the best quarterback in college football in Sam Howell, and everyone knows this. I believe that going into this year, Sam Howell has the highest ceiling, but you look at Spencer Rattler, he too has a high ceiling, but you also got to consider who's behind him. Caleb Williams. He was a really good up-and-coming quarterback that a lot of people believe could be a superstar and keeping this Oklahoma offense alive. Same thing with wide receiver. Barrett Wilson and Chris Alave, 
arguably are the best two tandems in college football. You got to look at tight end. Texas A&M was actually on that list with Baylor Cup and with Jalen Weidemeyer. It would make sense. But if it's just one player and you can't use another one, do you risk having Weidemeyer and an oft-injured Baylor Cup for a guy like just Charlie Kohler? who Charlie Kohler, in my opinion, is going to arguably be right there neck and neck with Weidemeyer all season for tight end number one. In the end, it's about building the best team. And what I like about that deal is that everyone has been saying how Texas A&M in 2019, they were just a down year. They had a down season. They did, but they also didn't have a run game. They had one good running back in Spiller because Cordarian Richardson was never around and Jacob Cabote was... In and out, he was inconsistent. And Anaya Smith was a wide receiver at the time. He was a straight-up wide receiver. He was stealing reps away from Courtney Davis and Javon Osmond. He wasn't in the backfield. So when you add all those together, yes, it makes a lot of sense that Texas A&M was recognized as part of this staff, but more so as a running back group first. That was also funny. They were mentioned on the defensive line. They were. Uh, Clemson got that one. Uh, Alabama got linebackers. Uh, who did they get mentioned anywhere else? Cincinnati got defensive back. That that was an easy one. I mean, you bring back Sauce Gardner, you bring back uh, Josh, um, uh, you bring back uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, you only lose Derek Forrest. That was really good. And uh, they actually also got mentioned on uh, what was it? Uh, special teams. You know, you still have Seth Small, you have Nick Costano. So those are two really good up and comers as well. When you go ahead and make the bets this upcoming year, make sure you go to the one place you love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to sell on all your sports action with baseball in full swing. The NBA Finals now back at the highest level of the game. And, of course, preparations for the college football season right around the corner. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. Go out there before next pitch and place your first bet on your mobile device by just going to betonline.ag. Plus, when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will receive a 50% bonus with your first deposit as a welcome custom to joining the betonline.g.family. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. This is one of those battles that we're talking about. This is going to be the main subject for today. I'll start with this segment on, you know, who's doing and what's going But let's talk about this. Texas is one of the few battles that I actually think can compete with Texas A&M in tightest battle for a quarterback. Because you look at the SEC in general, the four teams that everyone say are going to contend, there isn't a quarterback battle in three of them. Florida is going to go with Emory Jones. Like, like they can go ahead and try to replace Kyle Trask and say, oh, well, there's an incoming freshman who's going to be really good. Emory Jones almost won the starting job last year over Kyle Trask. He's got it. Same thing with Georgia. You could argue that JT Daniels is going to be, you know, not earning the starting role right away. But when you think about it, imagine if JT Daniels doesn't get injured early on and he plays every game last year. Is Georgia a college football playoff team? Yeah, maybe. Same thing with Bryce Young. Everyone knows that there's going to be some competition in camp because there always is. But Bryce Young is the starter. I don't think anybody is worried about that. Week one against Miami, Bryce Young is rolling out. At Texas A&M, it really could go either way. I think that that's really interesting. Because of you look at these two quarterbacks, 
They both are very good at what they do, but they're not the same quarterback. And that's a good thing for Texas A&M. That's a great thing for Texas A&M when you really break it down because of the last thing you want to do is have one too many styles at the quarterback position. You want to have a good balance between what you need to run. You do, though, have to make sure that you are making the offense built around the quarterback you trust the most. So if you do go with Zach Calzada, you have to play to his strengths. If you go with Haynes King, you have to play to his strengths. So why don't we go ahead and let's break down why Zach Calzada probably could earn the starting role. Like there's three main reasons. Number one, veteranship. Even though Haynes King last year was listed as QB2 on the depth chart, it meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. Because if Kellen Mom wasn't going anywhere, you could have put Anaya Smith at QB2. Didn't matter. He wasn't going to be QB1 this year. You could have put Kenyon Green at QB2. Wouldn't matter. He wasn't going to be QB1 this year. What mattered was just a depth chart placement. That's all it was. And when Zach Calzado was a redshirt freshman, guess what? He was QB2. So to me, that doesn't mean anything. Haynes King being on the depth chart higher than Zach Calzada does not mean a dang thing. Number two, look at the style of quarterbacks that have really worked. And I mean really worked in Jimbo Fisher's system. The first one that comes to mind is Jamarcus Russell. Bigger, not as athletic in the sense of, you know, agile, more of a brute style player, big arm. Look at Jameis Winston. More mobile, not crazy mobile. Like, like he was mobile enough to avoid pressure, but wasn't mobile enough to be like this 1,000-yard rusher like we see with Lamar Jackson and what Johnny Manziel did. He wasn't that. He was a guy who was able to evade the sack and evade the pressure up the middle through the A, B, or off the edge, step up and deliver a strike. Calzada is at least closer to that than King. King likes to play a little bit more around the edges. Calzada is a straight pocket passer. And when you look at the success of Jimbo Fisher's best quarterbacks in college, it was quarterbacks that don't move much outside the pocket. And when they do, they're just moving in and out the pocket. They're avoiding the sack to be able to step up and deliver a deep ball down the field. And that's where Calzada is really good. You look at Calzada and how he plays, he actually may be a better fit for what Jimbo Fisher and Daryl Dickey are trying to run. And that is stepping up into the throw, connecting across the middle of the field, building a chemistry, continuing drives, having the ball move in your favor. That feels like the best plan of action, in my opinion, or what I think is going to be what works for him. And number three, and perhaps the biggest one, he's been there a little bit longer to where he knows the wide receiving court. The biggest question is who steps up as the number one wide receiver? And I'm not here to say that King can't do that because King 100% can't. But Calzada has been there and he's worked with guys like Hezekiah Jones. He's worked with guys such as a Caleb Chapman as part of the second team offense. He's worked with the Jalen Preston. He's worked with those guys. And if they're going to be the guys who start more, 
they're going to need a guy who can step up and know that he's going to be able to deliver a strike when they're cutting left, but the ball needs to be right because of all they're doing is they're doing a two-step straw to throw the defensive back off of his footing and win the man coverage. You have to practice that consistently throughout two-a-days, throughout overall practices outside of campus. And Calzada has been there. He also has been a scout team quarterback, so he knows what team offenses and team defenses are going to run. That is a big advantage. And I also think because of COVID last year, we didn't get a full season to learn for Haynes King. So again, listing on the second team depth chart means absolutely nothing. And the quarterbacks that have worked in the system for Jimbo Fisher are more like Calzada than they are King. But again, that doesn't mean that Jimbo Fisher is going to change his style of play And it also doesn't mean that he is going to keep his own style of play. He's going to do what's best for the team. I think the biggest scale mark and the biggest thing of all that's going to decide this quarterback battle actually isn't the quarterbacks. Because if I believe, and I've talked to multiple people, you can run out either guy. And they're going to be okay. It doesn't mean they're going to be stellar, amazing, everything's going to go hunky-dory. But they're going to be okay. They're going to be able to make it work. The offensive line has to be the biggest thing. And in that sense, that is where I kind of give the edge to Haynes King, and I'll be talking about that next. But before I talk about that next, you know what I love doing? I love being able to save money as much as possible. And the best way I do is by going to the place where I know I can get all my auto part deals for a fraction of the price that I would at a car dealership. And this episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by that place. It's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto part service system that has been serving auto part customers for the past 20 years. Save time and money while using rockauto.com. Why spend 30%, 50%, and 100% more when you can get everything you need for a fraction of the price? Because Rock Auto has those deals. They have everything you want from brake pads to tail lamps to auto parts to even brand new carpets. So whether you're just trying to do a refurbished classic or fix up your daily driver, they have everything you need. Go to the unique catalog, type in the year, the car, the model, and of course, the color or the price. Plus, their low, low prices are always going to be able to never be beaten. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, and all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com, it's the place to be. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is an awesome candy bar. Really, it's not a candy bar. It's actually a protein bar. Well, Actually, it is a candy bar. No, you know what? Let's just go with this. It's a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar because it's covered in 100% real chocolate with a soft nougat center, and they're soft and easy to chew. This week only. Only this week. So you only got until the end of this weekend, which would be today on July 9th, to get the brand new Built Cookie Bar. The Grasshopper Cookie Bar is more like one of our mint, thin mint chocolate chip cookie bars that has just the right amount of sugar, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and five grams of sugar. There's not a product like this out there. But I also will say most of the products have 17 or 18 grams of protein. The calorie ranges from 130 to 180 grams, only five grams of sugar, and only five net carbs. So all amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whichever you really like today by going to builtbar.com. It's a promo code of LOCK15. You'll receive 15% off your very next purchase. Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Pods Network. In 25 minutes or less, I can get you caught up on everything you need to know from the sport. 
sporting event going on in the Euro Cup. Scored out of game two, game three of the NBA Finals, and of course, breaking news coming out of the NHL. How? Well, I'll tell you. You go listen to Locked On today. Peter Bukowski and his crew break down every major sporting event going on right now in 20 minutes or less. It's basically a drive to the office, walk your dog around the block, or 20 minutes on the treadmill. You can listen to a brand new episode. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So Zach Calzada, there are reasons. He fits what Jimbo Fisher likes to run. The veteranship is there, and I do think having the connection with wide receivers is so crucial and important to the actual decision-making of what you do under center. But then you look at Haynes King, and Haynes King was a better prospect coming out of Longview. When you look at him at Longview High School, starting as a junior, he absolutely crushed it. He absolutely was exactly the quarterback people thought he was going to be. And I've talked to some people in Longview, and they said they have seen this kid grow up, and they knew he was going to be something special. They did not realize he was going to be this special. Took the Lobos to a 16-0 run, including a state 6-8 championship during his junior season. The next year, they didn't the state. They actually lost two games on the year, one regular season, one of the playoffs. After that, he did improve as a and that's why people said he was a dual threat quarterback because of he tallied uh, 10 touchdowns on the ground, he threw for 20 touchdowns on the year. His overall receivers were down a little bit, so they didn't have the great the whole same. But he finished his time in high school with a 37 and 2 total record as a starter. That was a very big deal. He also played in a little bit of a program, and he also is from Texas. So you understand the level of talent that comes in through Texas. And I don't mean this against anyone else because of Georgia is fantastic when it comes to recruiting. They actually are one of the better schools, states, my bad, states when it comes to recruiting and actually building talent for the NFL. It's like Texas number one, California is number two or number three. Uh, you have like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, uh, Florida, all in like that next rank category. They do a really good job there. So no offense to Zach Alzada. But when I think of football, I think of Texas, and Texas has it, and he's been playing in that system. Number two, and this is the biggest one, the offensive line is going to play weaker this year than it would before. Because of when you look overall at the roster at hand, I would say the offensive line is the weak point. Because if I, again, I can trot out either quarterback and I feel fine, but the offensive line has to be stable. We do not know who are going to be probably three starters. I would say two are set. Kenyon Green is playing left tackle. Luke Matthews is playing center. Right guard, left guard, and right tackle are completely wide open. We're not going to know probably until we know who's the starting quarterback in week four against uh, uh, Arkansas in the Southwest Classic. Until then, we're not going to know a dang thing. Like, we're not. We're not going to know who's going to be the full-time starters at those positions. That plays a factor into it. And when you look at what King did in the spring game, and when you look at what King did – Overall, they seem to believe that he will at least get the most opportunities because he is a little bit more dynamic, because he can move outside the pocket, and he's actually at his best when he's more elusive, when he's trying to stretch plays downfield on rollouts, on um, on, on uh, breaking outside the pocket, on playing on the run. He actually does better. And maybe that's because of he's so used to not playing in a system where I would say personally, you have an offensive line that's so stable, they want you to stay behind it. Instead, you look at what Haynes King does best, and that is 
play on the run, move. If the offensive line is not going to be able to be good, the last thing you want to do is try out a guy like Calzada who can't move and then go three and out every other, other drive. And then when not, you have to then trust your run game to really step up. And the offensive line to me has always been the selling point. Any offensive line that's worth their tail is going to be able to make key blocks for both the run game and the pass. So I do wonder, if the offensive line is not good, does Calzada even stand a chance? Because you've got to get someone who's a little bit more mobile. And the other thing, both of them do have good arms. Of the two, the more strong arm would be Calzada. I think the one that has a little bit more accuracy to it would be Haynes King. That's just my personal opinion. I think that when you look at Calzada, if he can improve and on his accuracy, there's very little not to like. He has done a very good job in camp. I've talked to a lot of people. He's done a very good job throughout the spring. I thought he had a pretty good maroon and white game. I thought Haynes King, same thing. Had a pretty good maroon and white game. I thought he had a pretty good camp. A lot of praise, a lot of talent there. And I do think that either one of them could start right away and be very effective. But let's go through this one more time. The veteranship of Calzada gives him an advantage because if he's had three full years in the camps learning exactly what Jimbo Fisher and Daryl he want for a quarterback. Also, he fits the mold that Fisher has worked with. King, on the other hand, is elusive, moves well outside the pocket, and also, probably the biggest one, is a little bit more accurate. At the end of the day, it comes down to me with the offensive line. If the offensive line is so stable, and you think that you're going to be able to get better connection deep downfield, 40-plus yards down the field, dropping bombs left and right, Calzada may have the actual edge. If you're looking for a guy who can probably play behind a crappy offensive line or a subpar offensive line, be able to move and keep drives alive, I think King has the edge. Right now, though, neither is set to start week one and then be the star of the rest of the way. I will not be shocked when I see the very first quarter, it be Haynes King, the second quarter, it be Calzada, the third quarter, it be Calzada, and then the fourth quarter, it go back to Haynes King. And the next week, Calzada gets the start. He does like four straight drives in a row. After that, King does four straight drives. It would not shock me because this is a really big battle, and it honestly could be the biggest and best battle college football sees at the quarterback position because everyone's talking about how, oh, we may go with this quarterback, we may go with that quarterback. We know for a fact there's several quarterbacks who are already set, even though they're in a quarterback battle. Texas with Hudson Card and Casey Thompson, and honestly, Texas A&M with Zach Calzada and Haynes King probably are the two best battles to watch for in any conference going into 2021. That's good for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down there below. Follow us at Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Check out all my written work and all of our great written work at Aggies SI on social media or at allaggies.com. Tomorrow, let's do an Ask an Aggie show. What are some questions you want answered? What are some things I'm hearing about? What are some things I want to talk about with the SEC? If you want to talk about the Big 12, you want to talk about NFL draft content, more than happy to do all that. Send your questions to me at Mr. Cole Thompson. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll break them all down. See you then. Remember, big them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. 
presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.